Well, good morning again. Thank you for being here today. Participate in worship. Uh, we are glad that you are here. Another week of summer has gone by. For some, that's a good thing. Okay. Um, for others, you might view it a little bit differently, and, and that's okay. Um, I'm married to a teacher, and there's always that hesitation to turn the calendar from July to August, okay, because you know what's coming in August, all right? So uh, anyway, but um, I now kind of understand as a parent why my mom back in the day kept sending me off to camp all summer as, as, as a kid, okay? I, I got sent to basketball camp. I wasn't even very good, okay? Got sent to basketball camp and got sent to church camp, all right? Uh, don't know how many vacation Bible schools I got, I got sent to, uh, did the circuit. Um, and I, I, I really feel like I was a low-maintenance kid, okay? I... I, I Perhaps I'm remembering that incorrectly, um, but I feel like in comparison, uh, I was kind of low-maintenance. Um, before we get started looking at this morning's passage, let me say a big thank you uh, to so many of you who have helped continue ministry at our church this summer. It's nice to have a, a break in, in June, July, and August from our normal schedule, but uh, so many have helped continue in children's or youth or adult ministry, uh, helping in music, assisting on the tech team each week. Uh, thank you for giving of your talents and services uh, this summer. We really appreciate your faithfulness. Many of you know we hosted Vacation Bible School um, probably about a month ago in, in mid-June. We had over uh, 100 uh, volunteers helped out over the course of that week. Now, I'll be honest, VBS, yes, it's, it's a fun week, okay? It's, it's, it's a lot of fun, but, but I think if we're honest, it's a tiring and draining week, okay? Those of you who are nodding were here that week, okay? All right, it is a, it is a very um, exhausting week. I think we're all kind of wiped out by the time Friday uh, rolls around, but thank you for everyone's faithfulness during Vacation Bible School this week. And then after VBS, our youth and our children uh, headed off to camp. And that may not have been the smartest move in the world, having VBS and camp uh, back to back, um, but it's just kind of where things fell on the calendar this particular year. And um, along those lines as well, uh, thank you to many of you who helped make a way for children to attend camp this year. Um, it's been a difficult year um, economically for, for some of our kids, but yet every child that wanted to attend camp was able to go this summer, and that's a real blessing. So let me um, publicly say thank you very much for helping uh, to make that happen. We had a really good camp uh, this summer, and I was so thankful that everybody got to go. And faithfulness, faithfulness is what we're going to talk about for a few minutes this morning. And let me start with a brief story, if I could. Every Tuesday morning around 6 a.m., I get a text from a friend, and he lives in Houston. And he's a friend of mine 
from my home church. Uh, we grew up together uh, beginning in elementary school. He's originally from New England. He's a big Boston Red Sox fan. So despite that, we've been able to maintain fellowship, okay, and remain good friends over the years. And when my friend texts, he includes a scripture verse or two, and he also asks how he can pray for me and for our family. And at the beginning of this calendar year, in his text, he included a link And on that link, it led to the Navigator's website. And it led to a PDF on their website that had 30 names and attributes of God. It was designed so that each day of a month, you could read a handful of verses and a brief description on a particular name or attribute of God. Probably many of you have seen this resource or something similar. Well, on day 21 of this monthly tool, God is described as faithful, okay? It's from Psalm 89. Other names and attributes throughout the month included a description of God and his name being described as Jehovah, okay? God being described as infinite, he's just, he's holy. You get the point. But I kept going back to this passage in Psalm 89 that talked about the Lord's faithfulness. Now, most likely, very few of us here this morning would doubt God's faithfulness. We've experienced it many times in our lives, but a closer look at Psalm 89 gives us, I think, an even greater appreciation of the Lord's faithfulness. So as you're able, let me ask you to stand as we read from Psalm 89. It's a long chapter, so we're just going to read verses 1 through 8. Psalm 89, verses 1 through 8. And I'm going to read from the New International Version this morning. Our text says, I will sing of the Lord's great love forever. With my mouth, I will make your faithfulness known through all generations. I will declare that your love stands firm forever, that you established your faithfulness in heaven itself. You said, I have made a covenant with my chosen one. I have sworn to David, my servant, I will establish your line forever and make your throne firm through all generations. The heavens praise your wonders, Lord, your faithfulness too in the assembly of the holy ones. For who in the skies can compare with the Lord? Who is like the Lord among the heavenly beings? In the council of the holy ones, God is greatly feared. He is more awesome than all who surround him. Who is like you? Lord God Almighty. You, Lord, are mighty, and your faithfulness surrounds you. Lord, we thank you, and we are appreciative of this passage this morning, its description of your faithfulness, how it affects our lives. We praise you for that, Lord. Help us this morning to gain an even greater appreciation and a larger picture of your faithfulness. We pray all these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Please be seated. Now, as we start, you'll see a note either under or beside the chapter heading in your Bible. It tells us that this particular psalm, Psalm 89, is a mosquil of Ethan the Ezraite. You've probably got a footnote in your Bible as well. It tells us that mosquil, that's a literary or a musical term. The ESV says 
liturgical term. I think you can see the main point. And this is simply providing the type of psalm that this particular passage is. As you remember, uh, not all the psalms were written by David, and there's different headings, different categories of uh, each of the psalms. So that tells us where Psalm 89 is coming from. And the author, his name is given to us. His name is Ethan, okay? And what do we know about this Ethan? Well, not a whole lot. Not much is known about this guy. He was known probably as a contemporary of Solomon, so probably uh, he had some degree of wisdom. That's why he's connected with Solomon. Um, some scholars have suggested that Ethan might have been a singer in King David's court. So that's just a little bit of a background, a little bit of a context of where Psalm 89 is coming from. But what I'd like to look at briefly this morning is three things that we can see in Psalm 89 that tell us about God's faithfulness. There are th three things we notice about his faithfulness in this particular passage. And the first thing we notice about the Lord's faithfulness in Psalm 89 in the first few verses is that his faithfulness is forever. His faithfulness is forever. And we see this in the first two verses of the text. In verse 1, our author, Ethan, tells us that he will sing of the Lord's great love forever, and with his mouth he will make the Lord's faithfulness known through all generations. And I think this is important because many times I think we tend to think of God's faithfulness in terms of a particular situation or maybe a specific time period in our life. For example, God was faithful when we were dealing with an illness, whether it was us, someone in our family, someone we cared deeply about. The Lord was faithful. He provided healing. Health was restored, and we praise him for his faithfulness in that particular situation. Another example might be that God was faithful when we lost a job. Many of us have gone through that in recent years. It's not a whole lot of fun. But we can look back on those times and see God's faithfulness. So many can say that the Lord was faithful maybe during an especially difficult financial situation, a financial difficulty that we or our family was going through. And the Lord was faithful to help us get back on our feet. Many can say that God was faithful during a particularly difficult time in a marriage. A marriage was going through a, a rough patch, and the Lord has rescued and restored this particular marriage. And that, of course, is a cause for rejoicing. And yes, yes, of course the Lord is faithful, so very faithful, during particularly difficult times in our lives. And we can and we should praise him for that. His faithfulness provides tremendous encouragement for us. But the psalmist is pointing out that God's faithfulness goes even beyond a particular situation. His faithfulness is known from generation to generation. He is faithful forever. And why is he faithful forever? We'll look at verse 2 again. Where has God's faithfulness been established? Was it on this side of eternity? Was it here just on earth? Is his faithfulness something new, like a, a popular trend? Of, of course not. It's not. 
His faithfulness was established in heaven. The NIV says it was established in heaven itself. And the ESV says, in the heavens, you will establish your faithfulness. And that should be incredibly comforting, very comforting to us. His faithfulness didn't just start with us. It was established in heaven itself. The Lord has been faithful since the beginning. It's who he is and it's why we can trust him. Now forever, forever can be a hard concept for us to grasp. For me, it's difficult because our lives are built on days and weeks and months and years and decades and, and centuries, okay? So to think about forever and spending eternity with God, that's so wonderful, but yet it's hard to get your arms around it. And at times we use the term uh, rather loosely when talking about forever. Now our family, um, maybe like many of you, enjoyed watching the um, hockey playoffs this spring with, with the Avalanche and, and their success in, in winning the Stanley Cup. And I'll, I'll be the first to admit, um, I kind of jumped on the bandwagon. I really don't know a whole lot about hockey. Um, I can't skate. I have no concept of the rules necessarily or, or how the game works, but it looked awfully exciting, okay? And, and plus, we got pizza during the games, okay? Um, so that helped in and of itself, pizza and tacos. And in the third period of that final game, all right, with the Avalanche holding on to a, a one-goal lead, uh, Karin said at one point, and I agreed, this final period is, is taking forever, okay? It's, it's, it seems like five minutes should have gone by, and I look at the clock and only about 30 or 40 seconds has gone by, okay? That third period seemed to take forever before they eventually won. Now, was that the case? No, of course not. It didn't take uh, forever. It just, it just seemed that way. And perhaps you've had a season in your life that seemed like, forever. I remember as a kid walking to seventh grade. Seventh grade is just a brutal year, okay? All right, lots of you are nodding. You know what I'm talking about. Seventh grade, back then you, you went to junior high school, okay? And it was a big change from elementary school, and you're still kind of a little kid, and you're not quite in high school yet, and you got all these changes going on, and you know, it's hard to talk to girls, and you know, it's just, it's just an awkward, awkward time. And I remember walking to my junior high, and it was a good distance, thinking, Lord, I may be in seventh grade forever, okay? Seventh grade may never end, and I may never get out of seventh grade biology, okay? It just may never end. But it was, but it wasn't forever, and seventh grade did end, although it wasn't necessarily pretty, okay? But it did end. But God's faithfulness, his faithfulness is forever. It's not relegated to a certain number of days or weeks or years, and the psalmist recognizes that here. Again, he says, I will sing of the Lord's great love forever. With my mouth, I will make your faithfulness known through all generations. I will declare that your love stands firm forever, that you have established your faithfulness in heaven itself. 
So the first thing we see about God's faithfulness in our passage this morning is that it's forever. And the second thing that we see about his faithfulness is that it's practical, okay? His faithfulness is very practical. His faithfulness impacts our daily lives in a very practical manner. It's not something we just read about, okay? We can see his faithfulness each day. And look carefully at the example given in verses 3 and 4. Now, the word faithfulness is not used in these two verses, but we're given a practical example of it through the covenant, a practical example of God's faithfulness through the covenant that God gave to David. He tells David, I have made a covenant with my chosen one. I have sworn to David my servant, I will establish your line forever and make your throne firm through all generations. And 2 Samuel chapter 7 provides the full context for this covenant, for this promise from God to David. Listen to the prophet Nathan's words in verse 16 from 2 Samuel 7. He says, The Lord declares your house and your kingdom will endure forever before me. Your throne will be established forever. And Psalm 132, 11 and 12 says, The Lord swore an oath to David, a sure oath he will not revoke. One of your descendants I will place on your throne. If your sons keep my covenant and the statutes I teach them, then their sons will sit on your throne forever and ever. And what does God's faithfulness to David eventually lead to? Isaiah 9 tells us. It's a familiar passage of scripture, okay? We read it at Christmas time. It says, For to us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government will be upon his shoulders. And he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. Of the greatness of his government and peace there will be no end. He will reign on David's throne and over his kingdom, establishing and upholding it with justice and righteousness from that time on and forever. The zeal of the Lord will accomplish this. Yes, God's faithfulness to David leads to the coming of the Messiah, the Christ child, our Savior, who would eventually go to the cross on behalf of each one of our sins. And that devotional from the Navigators that I referenced earlier says it this way, out of his faithfulness, God honors his covenants and fulfills his promises. Now you might be thinking that's a pretty dramatic, practical example of God's faithfulness in the life of David. And, and I would agree, that's a good assessment. That's some pretty exciting stuff that uh, God shared with David that led to Christ. But I'm pretty confident that if we went around the worship center this morning, I think many of us, many of us could share some pretty exciting examples of God's faithfulness in our own individual lives or the lives of our families. When I was in elementary school, we had some neighbors move a couple of doors up the street from us. They had kids about our age, just a real sweet family, and they invited us to their local Baptist church. We were not attending, um, but they invited us to go to church with them. It wasn't something my dad was interested in doing, 
but he told my mom to go ahead and, and take us kids. And at first, we went on Sunday morning, kind of started gradually. Then we started going on Sunday night to the evening service. And then eventually, we started going on Wednesday nights. And on Wednesday night, there was a program called RAs, stood for Royal Ambassadors. And my understanding is that we used to have RAs here at Vista Grande way back in the day. All right, this was uh, before Awana was popular. And my RA teacher on Wednesday night was a gentleman by the name of Mr. Groves. And I'll always remember Mr. Groves because of the impact he had on my life as a young kid and as a teenager. You see, Mr. Groves was a great practical example of faithfulness in my life. God used him in a very practical manner. He was married. He had a full-time job. He had kids about our own age. He had busy lives. He had a busy life just like each one of us. But he was there every Wednesday night, if at all possible. Okay, He came and he was there for myself and this group of boys. And I can still hear him asking us, What's the gospel? How do we define the gospel? And our class would say the death, the burial, and the resurrection of Jesus. That's the gospel. And he would say, where can you find it? Show me where you find it in scripture. And we had to look up 1 Corinthians 15, 3 through 5. And when I was sent to camp, we're back to that again, when I was sent to camp, okay, in upstate New York one summer, okay, uh, Mr. Groves wrote me letters because he heard that I was homesick, and I was homesick that summer, okay? And again, this was long before the days of texting or, or email, all right? These were handwritten letters, front and back, notebook-sized paper, written in pen, and Mr. Groves reminded me of how homesick maybe Joseph must have been when he was sold into slavery and taken to Egypt. And after we transitioned to the youth group, Mr. Groves became our Sunday school teacher. And he walked us through the books of the Bible, verse by verse. I can still see his notes, similar to his letters, written on sheets of notebook paper, front and back. And he was actively involved in our lives. He played basketball with us, took us to play golf, took us bowling, okay, uh, took us to get ice cream, uh, we got to go get Slurpees from time to time across the street from where our church was located. I don't know how he did this, but he found out our school grades, okay? And so he would ask you, you know, how is biology going? And it was like, no, it's not going well, okay? Um, so he was actively involved in our lives. Again, he was a wonderful, practical example of God's faithfulness. And I'm pretty sure that each of us who has trusted in Christ probably has a Mr. Grove story in our lives. Each of you can just fill in a different name in your journey. Someone who has demonstrated God's faithfulness in a practical way to you. And hopefully today, many of us are examples of faithfulness to those around us, to those God has put in our path. So the Lord's faithfulness, it's forever, and his faithfulness is practical. And the third thing we see about his faithfulness in this passage from Psalm 89 
is that his faithfulness is recognized. His faithfulness is recognized. Now, a little bit later, when I was in high school and in college, um, one of my heroes was Cal Ripken Jr. And Cal Ripken played shortstop for the Baltimore Orioles. And we grew up going to a lot of baseball games in Baltimore. And Cal Ripken is in the Hall of Fame today. He won a World Series. He was a most valuable player a couple of times in his career. He has over 3,000 hits. He made the All-Star team 19 times. But what is Cal Ripken primarily recognized for? He's primarily recognized for one thing. He holds the record for most consecutive games played. Cal Ripken played 2,632 consecutive Major League Baseball games. Now, to put that in perspective, a baseball season is 162 games, okay? And for 17 straight seasons, Cal Ripken never missed a game. Not for injury, not for illness, not for anything. He played 2,600-plus games in a row, breaking a long-established record held by Lou Gehrig. Again, my point is that his career had many accomplishments, but Cal Ripken is most recognized for his consecutive game streak. Look at verses 5 through 8 again. The Lord is recognized in these verses. And what is he recognized for? Something far more important, obviously. He's recognized for his faithfulness. And notice also who recognizes God's faithfulness. The heavens praise your wonders, Lord, your faithfulness too in the assembly of the holy ones. It's not just us as God's creation that recognizes God's faithfulness. The heavens recognize it too in the assembly of the holy ones. That's pretty remarkable. And then the psalmist asks two questions in verse 6. He says, for who in the skies above can compare with the Lord? Who in the skies above can compare with him? And the answer is no one. No one can compare with him. Second question, who is like the Lord among the heavenly beings? Again, the answer, no one. No one is like him among the heavenly beings. And verse 7 continues. Says in the council of the holy ones, God is greatly feared. He is more awesome than all who surround him. And our section of verses conclude in verse 8 with yet a third question. And it's similar to the other two questions, but the author says, Who is like you, Lord God Almighty? Who is like you? And the answer once more is the same No one is like him. And then the psalmist provides a summary sentence in the back half of verse 8. He says, You, Lord, are mighty, and your faithfulness surrounds you. Did you catch that? You, Lord, are mighty, and your faithfulness surrounds you. The ESV says that God's faithfulness is all around him. You can't help but notice it. So in summary, the first eight verses of Psalm 89 remind us 
of three very important things about God's faithfulness. It's forever, it's practical, and it's recognized. And if the Lord's faithfulness is something that is new to you, something you've never considered, and you'd like to learn more about it, um, we're going to sing here in just a couple of minutes, and we invite you to stop by the back of the worship center. Uh, Pastor Devin will be back there. We'd be more than happy uh, to share uh, what God's faithfulness looks like in terms of a, rela- of a relationship with him through Jesus. There are those who would be happy to visit with you about his faithfulness. Perhaps maybe you're looking for a, a church home, okay? And we are a church that depends on God's faithfulness. In fact, we have to depend on his faithfulness because our own strength won't cut it. We also invite you to come back to the worship center. We'd be more than happy to visit with you and talk about what it means to be a member of Vista Grande Baptist Church. Would you pray with me this morning?